Okay, well, hopefully you all uh, are concluding, like I am, a momentous week of lots of things going on in our world, certainly our country, and uh, certainly um, a few of these things we want to probably discuss a little bit further today, too. And uh, I really want to get your thoughts around a number of areas, so um, <clears throat> we'll have a little more conversation and discussion in our time. Um, I've given you three handouts. You should have three with you. And uh, we will jump in and get started. Um, so with that, um, let's open our time in prayer. Father, we come to you this morning and um, thank you that you, um, you are the one who is sovereign and you are the one who is on the throne and that you, um, you have all things in, the, in, the, in your hand and that your hands... And your will determine um, the course of events of this world and uh, course of kingdoms and the course of um, the future um, that only you know, but yet you have given us clarity and perspectives into. And Father, you've asked us to be um, not asleep, but to be awake, to be alert, to understand the times, to be able to understand as a result how we should be living our lives. And uh, Father, I just ask that you would uh, superintend in our time together today, Father. Um, just ask that uh, you would um, accomplish your purposes through our time. May it be profitable in all our lives. Father, I pray that you would um, do what you need to do in our hearts. Father, if it's uh, waking us up, Father, I pray that you would... Um, that you would do that. Father, if it's uh, giving us clarity as to how we should prepare, pray that you would help us do that. And Father, if most importantly it, it is to understand how we need to, why, why we live our lives, motivation perspective, Father, may, it be, may, may you accomplish that also. And Father, we pray that you would um, take what's being said both here and certainly, um, as my voice is being digitized, Father, and is going out um, on the Internet, Father, I pray that you would um, use it for your purposes, um, for your, to accomplish your will, and that you would transform lives as a result of it, Father. And I just ask that your name would be glorious, and that it would be lifted up, and that you would be the one that was be, would be made much of uh, for your kingdom and your glory. In name. Amen. <clears throat> so with that, um, I told uh, Patrick as I was, he was here a minute or two early, that, um, that uh, th this time together today has been really um, somewhat on my mind and my heart for um, a number of years. Um, and so I, I haven't taken it lightly in two fronts, one um, in what you have in front of you and two in in the preparation, most importantly, of my heart as it pertains to even just being able to talk about these things today. So God's been at work in both, and I uh, just want to acknowledge that. Um, I feel like as though um, of all the sessions we've had in First Peter, um, many have been, uh, um, all have been powerful, many have been instrumental in um, my life and uh, 
I know Dave's life. Um, of the passages that uh, we've gone through, um, all of them have been um, laying a foundation to begin with and then starting to build on in order to um, capture our hearts, capture our attention, wake us up, help us smell the coffee, um, get a clue, um, and, be, and, and become prepared for what is yet to come. And yet, uh, on top of that, there's also this um, challenge that I think all of us face, um, which is, you know, how do, we, how do we live our lives in a way that honors God, um, declares His excellence in our lives, and yet um, um, gives us uh, the ability to please Him um, instead of ourselves. And so we're going to talk a lot about that as to um, our time together today. Um, today will be um, the first of three Sundays. Uh, that we will be um, looking at um, 1 Peter um, chapter 4, um, verses, um, uh, verses uh, 11, <coughs> 7 through 11, excuse me. We will finish verse 11, and that will be probably where we um, cap things for the summer and uh, move from there into um, the fall to finish off 1 Peter and and also move into Second Peter. Um, Dave and I have spoken about just the um, kind of. We think that that's the the right conclusion, probably that we want to leave um, in the break, and uh, hopefully you you do too. Um, but as we begin our time together today, um, I want to remind us of uh, a key passage um, in um, Matthew. Um, so if you turn to Matthew first, um, we'll begin there. <clears throat> and uh, Matthew, uh, uh, Matthew chapters um, six and uh, five, six, and seven uh, really are probably the greatest sermon that's ever been um, written and uh, put down on paper and 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 told. Um, because Jesus gave that sermon, called the Sermon on the Mountain. Mount. Um, I was there in the north end of uh, of the Sea of Galilee there, and uh, was there in the on, by Capernaum there and that area, and uh, just the 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 hills kind of gently uh, kind of roll down towards uh, the Sea of Galilee there. It's shimmering in the sunset and. Uh, just can, when I was there, just could could see and and, and and see how you know Christ would have been you know down there and and all the people on the hill there you know and 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 you know the the sun you know there in the back drop you know as as the sun would be going down to the west side and this would be kind of on the north there so you can see kind of how how that's you know visually there of uh, uh, you know green grass and. All these people there listening to this to this sermon, and uh, he he covers a lot of things in it. But um, uh, he gets to the end of this, so turn to chapter seven, and he says um, again, if this if this is maybe could possibly be the most important sermon that Jesus ever preached, he comes to the end of this, and he and and if that's the case, he 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 wants to share some things that are like really 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 important, right? So we get to verse uh, 24, uh, if you can follow along with me. 
uh, Matthew 7, 24. And he says, Therefore, everyone who hears the, these words of mine and acts upon them may be compared to a wise man who has built his house upon a rock. The, the rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and burst against the house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded upon the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like foolish men who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and burst against the house and it fell and great was its fall. The result was that when Jesus had finished these words, the multitudes were amazed or blown away at his teaching. They were astonished um, for he was one who was teaching them as one having authority, not as their scribes. So, what's the metaphor? What's the metaphor he's using here? A house, okay, a house, and the house has he he talks about building the house, and the and it has two foundations that he said you build your house on. So this house that's being built is it is it a metaphor for something beyond a house? Okay, yeah. What is that? Our lives, our very lives. Our very lives, and 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 so explain the metaphor. What's the sand and what's the rock? Those are the two foundations, right? Okay. It's not going to stay. It's not. It's going to. It's very weak. Okay. To Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so all of those things that from from their from how they're thinking and the things that have happened in their in their um, history, right? I mean, these are the things that are, they go, whoa, yeah, get the rock, okay? So, what what does he say is uh, is is coming their way? He doesn't say if, right? It's really when storms. There's three or four different words he uses on both counts. What are they? Rain, wind. And flood, are those are three. Yes. Yeah. So, what what do those um, what what do those uh, speak of? Um, maybe with the house or or in our in our lives. Tribulation. Pardon me. Tribulation. Tribulation. Okay. How about just certain the elements and, and rain? You know, from the wind, from yeah. the sea, the storm. You know, came. And yeah. Came. The powers that about of course. Yeah. Also by the absolutely know, used a storm. Um, Job's children. children, right? Yeah. In the house. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And so, when you think about, go ahead. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Experienced. Really, been things that have destructive aspect of. Yeah. It actually takes it from the foundation down, right? It's like the very foundation is where the the floods have come in, right? Um, so, um, when we think about this. Um, is there a difference in the fact that different kinds of floods and rains and um, winds uh, come upon these two different houses, or they seem to be kind of the same ones? It comes, it comes on, on both. Both houses that's built on. Yeah, he, he uses the exact same words for the exact same kinds of three things that come upon both houses, right? Yep. So he's he does. There's no differentiation that he gives. At least illustratively, to to the kinds of things that are coming their way, both houses have this hit them, and and are, are these surprises? You uh, can can we gain anything from the text that as to whether this is like surprising or not or think? He spoke in parables, yeah. And so maybe I don't know how much they yep. maybe yep. 
One thing I want to mention, the flood in Revelation 2, yeah. to consume the woman who is raised. Yes. And the earth opened up and swallowed up the flood which the dragon had, had tried Wipe to away, so wipe it out. Flood is a very powerful metaphor. Yeah. Very much so. I mean, just the flood itself, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, Noah's flood, too. Yeah. So, um, comes in, hits both. One stands, one falls. Okay? What what causes the one to fall versus the one to stand, according to this passage? Demon. In a physical sense, a house on... On a firm foundation is stronger than a house that, on a foundation that will wash away yeah. in the physical sense. Correct. Is, is the physical the only thing pop, that you think that he's getting at here? Can we open that door? It's getting a little warm now. Um, no, not at all, okay? So w- why do you say that? How do you know that from the context? Knowledge. That's clearly exactly. So it's, it's about everyone who hears these words of mine. Is it just hear these words of mine, or is there something else tied to it too? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I heard what you should do to build that house, but I never went and built it, you know, that way, right? So it's, it's not just about hearing these words, but the, the scriptures mean, by hearing, mean that you are doing, okay? So, so with this context, I want to kick our time off together today, because um, uh, knowing these things is, is going to be part of our journey, um, but doing something about them is really what I really have a, this, this, this deep, heartfelt um, emotion that I think God's given me personally uh, for. Um, I don't know where all about that. I, I've asked the Lord about what is that, where is that coming from, what is that? But yet, um, to get to our time together today, I've had to personally rationalize a lot of things in my own personal life in order to be able to just share with you what I'm going to share with you today. okay? And we have far too much to cover. There's three handouts out there, um, two of which we may or may not get to, um, and I'm okay with that. okay? <clears throat> um, so we have been in this study of First Peter, and uh, I like this, it's nearer than you think, hope, right? Um, and uh, we just now have finished up um, uh, talking about our present so we've looked at our past, remembering our anchor, looking at our present, remembering our testimony, and now this verse right now we are moving to our future, remembering our living hope. We, had, we have a so great a salvation, how we navigate life really matters, and now, great news, our Lord will return soon. Um, so this will take us from verse 7 through chapter 5, verse 11, and the last two, two or three verses is the closing. So our focus, which is on page two, if you can turn there, um, our learning objective today is, is primarily around focus during suffering. And so our learning objective is as follows. To develop confidence. So the first word here is confidence. To develop confidence amid growing threats from an unbelieving world and an ever more hostile world. So that we will do three things. This week I'm going to talk about the first one. Next week I'm going to talk about the second one. Third week I'm going to talk about the third one. Okay? So, all three weeks we will have this learning objective. Okay? To develop confidence amid growing threats from an unbelieving world and an ever more hostile world. Let me pause there. Anybody disagree with the premise of of how I characterize the world today? No. 
I mean, all of us see this, right? Okay? So, would you agree that um, our ability, because this exists and is happening, that our ability to develop confidence in how for these things that have yet to come is like the, one of the most important things we can, we can learn, right? Okay? So today, we're going to deal with the first one, which is so that we will not be surprised, but be ready. So that we will not be surprised, but we will be ready. Okay? That's today. By the end of today, my goal will be that nothing that comes from here on out will surprise you. That's a daunting challenge for any teacher. But I want to deal with principles, not, 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 not specifics. Okay? Second, so that we will properly focus during inevitable suffering. That we will properly focus during inevitable suffering. So today I'm going to deal with preparing for this here. Not being surprised, but be ready. So my goal today is to deal with preparation for. Understanding that and preparation for. Okay? Next week, we're going to deal with properly focused during what we will call it inevitable suffering. So that next week is going to be focused on how to navigate that which we become in, in, uh, integrated into. Okay? And third one is to crystallize what our motivation should be. Crystallize in our minds what our motivation should be. That will be the third week, two weeks from today on the 5th, okay? To determine and crystallize in our minds what our motivation should be. I have always said this, and I'll continue to say this, that God will not call us into anything that He has not prepared us beforehand for. Let me say it again. God will not call us into anything that He hasn't prepared us beforehand for. And so He will... He will give us the preparation uh, in, these, in these things and, and will, will allow us to be able to understand how to navigate those things. That's what today is about. That's what next week's about. And that's what the, the fifth will be about. Okay? Sound good? I know. <laughs> I'm with you. Okay. Would somebody read this out loud? It's kind of hard to see, but um, 7 through 11. Anybody? Therefore, be of sound judgment and sober spirit Above all, keep fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. Hospitable to one another without complaint. As each one has received a special gift in serving one another, stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks, let him speak as it were the utterances of whoever serves, let him so, as by the strength which God sights, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus. Amongst the glory and ever, and ever, and ever. <laughs> Amen. Um, so, um, what, what we're going to look at today is, um, I've broken it into three things. Um, our incentive, our instructions, and our inspiration. Our incentive today is going to be eight words. The end of all things is at hand. The end of all things is at hand. Then next week we're going to look at our instructions. And we're going to get down through here. okay? And then the following week, we're going to finish our instructions and talk about our inspiration. So our incentive, our instructions, and our inspiration. Okay? Um, 
So when we when we begin with our incentive, he says, "The end of all things is at hand." My question here is, do you believe this? Do you believe this? Okay. Well, we're going to get into why, but I, I, I want to set the premise that everybody here does believe that the end of all things is at hand. I mean, if he wrote this to Peter, I mean, I would think that it's a lot more at hand today than it was then, right? Um, for a lot of reasons, and we're going to talk about a few of those. Um, okay, so um, if so, um, everything that we are comfortable with um, is about to change. And when we think about that change, um, what, what I've found in my life, I don't know about you, but um, when, when God chooses to rock my world, uh, He gets my attention. And when He gets my attention, I have two choices that I've found in my responses to God, and I think it's true for all people, is that um, uh, we will react in one of two ways. First, we will either bless God, or two, we will curse him. There isn't a whole lot of middle ground. You either um, are going to be like Job, right? He says, you know, um, when all that happened that we were just talking about, what, what did he say? Do you remember? Lord gives, the Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. And I love that song, you know, blessed be the name of the Lord, right? Um, Lord gives, Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord on both counts. Um, in our life. My, my question for myself, not for you, is, is that the first thing on my lips? Is that the first thing on my lips? Lord, Lord gives, Lord takes away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Uh, I'll ask you that. Is that the first thing on your lips? And I'm not just talking only about physical death and that kind of thing here. I'm just talking about like, what's my mindset? Challenging situation just blows into my life. Lord gives, Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. How am I, how, how, will, how am I choosing to manage it? Do I, do I recognize that in the rearview mirror, or am I recognizing that in looking through my, the dashboard of my soul? That's, that's our goal here. To see it coming, right? So, either way, here, here's the great news. <laughs> Either way, whether I or the people people around me choose to bless the Lord or curse the Lord, either way, the, the opportunity and the greatest opportunity for ministry in our lives is yet in the future. That's amazing. How much more powerful will God be glorified if I'm ready to serve His kingdom, not mine? in the midst of the fire. God will be glorified. question here is, are you ready? Because the end of all things is at hand. Well, the end here means to finish, or to bring to a close, or the limit at which a thing ceases to be. The end means to finish, or to bring to a close, or the limit at which a thing ceases to be. Um, let me ask you a question. Look at the first question in your uh, on the first page. Keep your finger where you're at and turn back to your first page. At the beginning of verse 7, some 2,000 years ago, Peter says the end of all things is at hand. What do you think he meant by that? How could he say that at that time, do you think? Thoughts? I just think 
sake of present circumstance, also time within the unit. Knowledge that the next thing Christ's coming. And so they being a whole lot nearer than we are today. Yeah. I guess this is how I look at yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good way it's a good way to think about it. In a matter of years. Yeah. And so there was a greater sense of urgency in yeah. of firmness. As well as the fact that circumstances are suffering, they're circumstances about, yeah. uh, ultimately into the judgment aspect. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, we focus time. Um, so, I mean, at this time, Nero was on the warpath, having made Christians a scapegoat for burning Rome. And a few short years later, and I, I do believe this is what Peter's preparing them for, I really do. Um, the end of everything, everything they knew was going to get rocked. You know, the temple's going to be completely decimated and destroyed by Titus. Um, everything's going to be changed. The, the dispersion is underway. Um, you know, according to Hebrews, if you've been with me in that, that book, right? I mean, you know, they're, they're going to lose their homeland. They're going to be, they're going to be dispersed around the Mediterranean area and the Turkey area, the, the, uh, Asia Minor. They, they're going to, because they're believers, be, be, be ostracized by their community completely. So not only are they being persecuted by Rome, they're being ostracized by their community. Um, on top of that, they're losing their jobs um, because they are now known as believers. On top of losing their jobs, um, they're, they're losing their homes that they worked so hard for. Um, on top of that, they are being persecuted as a result of the, you know, believing in, in Christ. And all of these things are like th- being thrown at them in parallel. And they're asking the tough questions, right, of life, which is, like, is Christ really worth it? I, I just want to go back the way it was. Is He worth, like, all this sacrifice in my life? I mean, really? And the author of Hebrews says, steady on. He's worth every minute of it. Not only is he sufficient, but he's, but he's sovereign. And he will give you the capability to bear up underneath. Okay, now, step back for a second. What if that message is the exact same message that Peter's trying to communicate to us today? What if everything's about to change? Because when he talked to these people, they were in the... M- beginning of that, but it had not completely come to fruition. And I suggest he is. Um, Peter and Paul were martyred during this time. For them and the early believers, the end of all things was clearly at hand. For them and and all those other believers, the end of all things was clearly at hand. Um, They were martyred um, during this time. Yeah. unjust judge who got worn down by the woman who kept asking for justice, unjust judge broke down and said, okay, quit. And he goes on to talk about how God, God not uh, avenge his own elect to cry out every mm. night. Mm. He says, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, 
will he really find faith on the earth? Mm. So I'm going to just draw a connection between that. We talked about was aspect of things that much is like this picture of the Jack and Noah's day. Oh, just about connection of this end of that. Yeah. There's no lack of focus yeah. to that promise. It's really interesting how this is a follow-on to what David talked about with you know the days of Noah, right? All that just that comes in the chapter before this. Because, I mean, when you think about the people who were watching what was happening, I mean, they didn't recognize the times. They didn't recognize what was going on, even though they were telling them, you know, repent, get right, you know, make sure this... Forget it. They were just laughing at them, right? So what's interesting is the parallel there. So thank you for bringing that out. So I want to ask you a a question here as we look at this next section here. Um, As as you look at, um, is question number two, what specific things are going on across our world that lead you to believe this is occurring on the front pages of our newspapers today? What specific things are going on in our world that lead you to believe that this is occurring on the front front pages of our newspapers today? I took the liberty to throw some categories at you on this on this slide. Um, may not be exhaustive. I've tried to put some frame, a framework around some of these. You choose some of these, and let's have a conversation about why you think, because everybody in the room said they did, right, uh, that the end of all days is at, is at hand. Let's just talk about them. Talk talk loudly so those so 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 whoever's can, on this can hear. Okay. So prayer in schools yeah, and yeah. okay, good. All right, others. Well, uh, just the you know the uh, Boston Marathon bombing uh, was it's another wake up call that you know that uh, you know that's what they kept saying all week long is things will never be the same. After that, because now you know it could happen anytime, any place, and so we're going to be bound by terrorism. Always, it's going to be watching everybody and suspecting everybody. Time you see a package somewhere, you're going to say that's got to be, and so it really changes, um, you know, the freedom that we have to do various things. Absolutely, really good point. Other things. It, it drives. That drives a police state. So the more these events occur, to free society in a more of a policed state environment. Absolutely. So it's driving us there. Okay, good. Others? Yeah, you know, that's one of the things they're talking about is that probably all of us appear on somebody's security camera all the time. And so, you know, we're, we're always being observed. It's just like it didn't take them very long to find these two guys walking down the street in somebody's security camera. You know, so, um, you know, who knows how we're being watched all the time. And what's, what's fascinating is that that will be cast in language that says security is more important than, than uh, privacy. Right? I mean, everybody's going to say, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> right? Because we all want to feel safer. Yeah, all want to feel safer, right. Other thoughts? On your list, economy and money. I mean, obviously, a world economy is usually, you know, allowed to withdraw with so much money. Our country owes, you have the debt card here. 
Honestly, it's, a, it's an issue because we can't pay it back. And we're getting further and further. And eventually, they, they're printing money. I was just in Seattle, and I watched a Brinks truck unload bundles of money to, for the Federal Reserve. I watched it. I sat there and watched it, bundle after bundle. And they, they went in just to mark each package. His job was to make sure that none of those were missing. They were tied up bundles. Each one seemed to weigh of money, certainly. And it was, it was a Federal Reserve delivery. But um, we can't just keep printing money to solve the problem, because that has proven historically not to work. So in our economy, as much as we want to have it's going to get better, it's to me that we're going uh, we're going in the right What's fascinating is that, um, you know, you're talking about paper money, you know, even the electronic side, right, it's, it's, it's all interdependent. You were bringing up Cyprus, who had, a, you know, reverberation impl implications into the EU, which has implications into the U.S., which has implications into China. I mean, it's, the whole world is interconnected as it pertains to the economic yeah. framework and the fragility, I'll suggest, of, of the whole thing. Um, other things? I think the rule of law is it's affecting our jobs and Christians can have businesses and survive, mm -hmm. starting to get so un-Christian, mm -hmm. very specifically the other ones, yep. to carry on our business every day. And, and I think the, 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 the title of the banner or the flag that will be, will be flown on, on the offensive against that, right, will be that of, uh, of tolerance and that of hate speech, probably, I'm guessing, at the end of the day, right? I mean, that's going to be one of the front, front flagships, if you would. Um, other, other things, yeah. Well, I'm thinking about the statement, the end of all things at hand. Peter's day, they thought. To me, that means live your life like it is the end day, even if it's a thousand years yeah. from now. These things keep cycling. Yeah. All of these things they saw, we saw, yeah. we keep seeing them over and over again. Yeah. And the emphasis is live your life like it's going to be there. It's not. Amen. Amen. And uh, I completely agree with that, and we're going to talk further about that today. But when you think about, like, um, our day versus that, that day, and the things that are on this slide happening right now, um, is it quite different? In some ways it's very, very different, right? But in some ways it's not, is it? Um, okay. Other things? Wars and rumors of wars isn't there, but that's always been. But it seems like lately there's a lot of China going after the islands for Japan, violating their airspace, Syria, and Iran really going, saying they're going to attack this sort of thing. But how about earthquakes in various places? We just had a 7.1 in China. Um, if you look at the frequency of earthquakes that are above 6, they've so earthquakes in various places, the earth is... is getting to the point where it's Yeah, you're seeing the, 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 the that 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 seismic activity worldwide growing in its intensity and growing in its in in, in its um, how often it happens um, significantly. And you can go to some places on the internet and actually see that um, happening. Other things. Interesting you had leadership vacuum on the list. I never really thought of that as being a, a sign of but I see it all over. The most obvious venue is politics. Elected officials uh, represent a point of view leader trying to bridge differences between people for the common good. I see it in the workplace management structure where I work. 
I'm not sure I'd call it a leadership, forget it. There's no vision. And uh, I work in an engineering company, and the whole concept of professionalism is in years being constantly reminded this is that people do things knowing certain things are wrong, but not taking ownership to correct them. Um, anybody have any thoughts as to why I might have put this category up here, possibly? Yeah. Well, I think that, yeah, that, that the lack of leadership is what prepares for the Antichrist because, you know, people want somebody that's going to come in and say, I'll take care of all your problems. Exactly. And so, yeah, the, you know, we don't have any great leaders like we did, you know, uh, years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, that's no longer seen as far as I'm Absolutely. Concerned. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I see. Uh, I do see you have disasters. Disease and disasters. Disease? The swine flu. Exactly. China. Exactly. Uh, all the other types of diseases that are floating around. Yep. Psalm 91 is a great comfort for that. You know, if you had Psalm, it brings great comfort to your soul. Comes to that, and disasters would be earthquakes yeah. or or any sure. natural disasters. Yep, a lot of those now. I mean, you know, we've we've had so many, you know, hurricanes and you know tornadoes and everything kind of in our country, right? But you also see this happening around, you know, to be it uh, Iran and China and lots of other places too. Um, other things? Any other thoughts? I have some, but I don't know how it will be received. I'm looking at technology, media, knowledge, education, and transportation. Technology. In 2006, the human genome was mapped completely. And since 2006, in other countries aside from the United States, there's been a lot of experimentation with the human genome. Not, but, but they're not just mapping it for medical. There are... There, there are leaders in our military and in the militaries of the other world powers that want to create a superhuman, a soldier that can go into battle and be super. And so this is a real thing. If you go and Google any of this, you'll find it. It's there. Um, knowledge. There's apparently um, the Vatican has a, one of the top telescopes in the world. It's a binocular telescope in Arizona that they're utilizing, and they're, it's run by Jesuit priests, and they're, they claim um, they have knowledge of alien beings and UFOs, and they're in contact with them. This is very um, commonly known, and if you go and Google that, you'll find it. Explain what Mark said about having a shift in our paradigm or what we think. If, if in fact, this came from outside, allegedly, our system, um, and, and then it turned it into a religious thing so that people of faith would be challenged by the lie. Because remember, Paul said that there's going to be a strong delusion so that they'll believe the lie. It has to be something really, really compelling that the world will believe. This whole UFO phenomenon has, hasn't been around all that long that I'm aware of. Betty and Barney Smith in, in the 50s started with them, and, and in terms of our society being infatuated by it, and now apparently the Vatican has this exploring, exploratory binocular telescope that they have an infrared camera that they call, strangely, they call it the Lucifer camera. And they look for signatures in deep space. It's called exoplanetary exploration. So if you just go Google exo, meaning outside, planetary, biology, exo, 
planetary biology will find this information. It's quite remarkable. So, I mean, just a just a sense of like this, you know, belie- believing a lie, you know, and that's what you know Thessalonians talks about, Second Thessalonians chapter one, that that's somehow th- that they're going to have to explain things like the rapture, things like other things, in a way that would be compelling, and yet, you know, um, capable. Any other thoughts just in closing before we move on about these things? So, again, just literally, um, just a simple conversation that we've had here for a few minutes gives you a sense of, like, oh, my goodness, like, wow. Um, you know, any one of these things is kind of like I, I, I kind of I see, you know, if you call my attention to it, right? But, 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 but cast the net across everything and get a sense of where we're at. And you'll see that this is very, very, um, uh, uh, this is moving at light speed. And, and, you know, what we have thought was a construct of the world and or our co- country um, for so long is, 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 is on the move. It's on the move to be changed. Okay? And uh, it is happening before our very eyes. I want to talk about the United States for a second. Um, and uh, one of the questions here, number three, um, the United States does not appear to be front and center on the world stage in end-time prophecy. What are some specific things going on in our country today that could be reasons for that? Um, so think about that for a second. I want to hit two points, and then we'll talk about it. Except for the United States, momentum is building towards unification against a common foe. That common foe is Israel. That common foe is Israel. The United States... Except for the United States, um, and w- what's the name that the Muslim world gives to the United States? Great. The Great Satan and Israel, Satan. the Little Satan. Little Satan. Yeah, Little Satan. Um, America is not specifically mentioned in Bible prophecy. America is not specifically mentioned in Bible prophecy. And uh, let's talk through some possible reasons for the demise and neutralization of America as the world superpower. Because somehow, I mean, let's just be clear. I mean. You, one would think that the scriptures would, would call out, I mean, it calls out um, all the other kingdoms of this world, and yet one would think that the United States is probably, the, has to have been you know, one of the most powerful kingdoms that have existed, probably. Um, most, one of the most influential, but I mean, it could be that it just it was off the radar for, for in prophecy. But it also could mean that maybe it doesn't have the at the, when these things take place, that it doesn't have the the uh, same um, capability to influence world world stage. Um, so, what might be in your mind some things that might uh, um, take us to a place of neutralization? We we, we don't matter anymore. It, it, we, we thank you very much. <laughs> um, w- what are some thoughts in your mind? Well, I I think it's going to be you know a uh, a total financial collapse because of the debt because we spend trillions of dollars to maintain a military that stretches everywhere in the world we're the only country but uh if you have a total financial collapse you're never going to you're not going to be able to continue to do that you won't have the money to do that and um you know that's already surfacing now and the other thing is, is that most of the valuable materials that we need in building airplane engines and that all come from other countries. And all they have to do is shut that off, and and uh, and we won't be able to 
continue to, to maintain the military. Okay, good. Other thoughts? I'm not sure I agree with your initial statement except for the United States. I think momentum is building here against Israel, uh, and that's why we're not specifically I think, mentioned. I think you're right. We are no <laughs> different, and we like thinking ourselves as different. Uh, there, there have been changes, uh, including the official views of our government, that may just continue on. I think you're really, you're, you're totally right on that, that count. I, I think I should re, re, rephrase it. I, I have to say, you know, in the past, right, versus today. Other thoughts? Yeah, on what he said the, um, the current administration, when they reshuffled the deck for their second term, they brought on a lot more of the Muslim Brotherhood representatives into yeah. the government. So, for instance, the Boston, situ Boston situation, you're not hearing the word Muslim and terrorists put together barring that incident, and yet those that did that were most, you know, richly motivated. Idea so, ideologically. George yeah. Bush did the same thing, though. But yeah. to the extent um, the uh, Muslim it's gonna, It'll just keep getting worse, and it, if we have another president, it'll probably happen there. Yeah, and... That, that, you can see the decline even during the Bush. Tag on two to what you said, um, R2, being able to put together uh, a response. That's, I agree with, because of the sequestration, you know, pulling back the military funding and that sort of thing. Less and less able to do that. But there's one thing that most people, it was studied by Newt Gingrich and it was studied by our military, but it hasn't been put out to the public, and that's called EMP. EMP stands for electromagnetic pulse. Essentially, there's a book called uh, One Second After, which explains it all. It's beautiful. But essentially, all they got to do is pop a, a couple of nukes off about three miles up, and it does a line of sight destruction of all integrated circuits in the country right now. There will nothing will work. Everything will cease to work. Every car that is has a computer in it won't start. Every machine. Uh, there's enough food on the shelves for a couple of weeks, and then Baltic areas are going to struggle. So one second after the book by William Forshaw, who was a military general, one-star general, retired, was involved in the research of this. And he talked about it, and he put a fictitious story together, but it explains what will happen. And essentially, the country becomes uh, inoperable. You, you don't even have rule of law. So all that to say, um, that's a very real possibility that would take us out. And what's happening right now? This guy, Kim, over in, what's he doing? He's positioning missiles. To basically, he has the capability and property to put nukes overhead. He already has a satellite that's going over our, our just launched. All they got to do is pop a couple of nukes off and we're done. And so this is, again, another example of something that would change our circumstance and make us all of a sudden independent in a sense to being very dependent on the lower souls and to, to walk with him. Amen. Um... So lots of reasons. Um, let me hit you hit a couple of these real quick. Economic collapse we just talked about. George brought that one up. Um, economic collapse. I think that economic collapse from an EMP is going to also be a capable um, framework too. Um, the second is moral disintegration. We didn't talk about that one, but I believe that a lot of your comments uh, circled around that particular point. Also, we have just seen this 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 gargantuan you know, tsunami coming our way from every corner of, of the country um, uh, in, in this area. Um, don't, don't for a second take it lightly. Don't for a second think that it's like 
surprising. Um, this is being being planned by many people for a long time. Um, third is enemies from the inside. Remember when uh, uh, Paul was on his way to Jerusalem and he um, stopped by Miletus in Asia Minor and called for himself the elders from Ephesus to meet him there. That would be the last time they saw him in Acts 20. And, it, and he says that um, watch out for the, quote, wolves from within. Um, and I would suggest that same thing um, can be you know, also looked at as far as our country goes. Uh, it, you know, most of the um, kingdoms of this world were, were, were um, either um, neutralized or incapacitated from within first before they, they fell from without. Um, enemies from the outside. Enemies from the outside. Um, we've mentioned a few here. Um, I suggest that they are building and building larger and larger. Um, and I put the last one on here, the rapture of the church. Um, I do believe that this will have a momentous... Um, um, again, if assuming that um, one's perspective of, of things that will yet happen... Um, uh, um, talks about there being a separate um, event um, in what I'll call the second coming of Christ, um, then the rapture of the church certainly um, has a, ha, could, could have a, a, a phenomenal impact on this country. Um, so if you take a look at this chart, it's kind of hard to see a little bit. Um, what you see is that right here is where we, 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 we are right here. At the end of what's called the church age, and the church age has been 2,000 years and uh, um, began with Pentecost. And uh, um, according to the scriptures, there's nothing today that keeps these next set of um, events on the, on, 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 the, on the stage of the world from, from occurring. Nothing. Um, so um, I, I personally would lean into two dimensions of the second coming of Christ. Uh, the first being what we call the rapture of the church. Um, this is a very different um, uh, thing that occurs with this like hook that goes back up here versus this one here, which is the return of Christ to the earth. And if you look at the different passages, not time to go through now, um, I'd say there's at least um, probably ten different um, uh, components of those passages that speak to a very different situation, completely different. Here he comes to earth, or he doesn't come to earth. You know, lots of components that, that, that would lead you to believe that these are two separate efforts of the same thing that the scriptures talk about the second coming of Christ. Um, but regardless of that, whether you would be what we call a pre trib rapture person, or a mid tribulation rapture person, or, um, you know, another situation would be just there's one event that comes here, which is the second coming of Christ. And, that, and there is no rapture. Any way you look at it, um, the next seven years of this world could be these seven years. There's nothing holding that back. Um, and um, uh, when you look at this, the, the, these are broken into two, three and a half year segments. And the tribulation then is, for the second half of these three and a half years, is called the Great Tribulation, referred to as, as Jacob's Trouble. Um, so the primary focus of this tribulation period has everything to do with um, God uh, 
saying that the times of the Gentiles is closing and that, that his time for his primacy of his focus around his people, the Jews, if you go back to Romans chapter 9 through 11, chapter 11 is about like this. It's about like him saying, I'm going to win back and pursue and um, secure um, the entire nation of Israel who was alive at that point in time. Um, who, according to Zechariah, um, it's one-third of those that are on the earth today. So there's about 12 to 13 million Jews today. Assume some of them are killed during this tribulation period. Um, there's a, a, a large chunk of uh, two-thirds of those Jews are going to be killed by the end of the tribulation period. So it's someplace in the vicinity of you know, four, you know, two to four million Jews come to Christ at the end of the tribulation period. And go into the into into the kingdom age, and so this kingdom age is a thousand years, and uh, Christ will be on earth um, and dwell there, and then there is the great white throne judgment and the new heavens and the new earth and the lake of fire and moving into eternity, if you would. So you can see that this whole thing, you know, when you talk about from here over to here, you know, the scriptures many times talk about the last days, the end of days. The um, these kind of uh, languages, or the great day, or uh, Joel talks about you know that a little bit. Okay, so any thoughts or comments on that? So, so with that, I want to go to talk about our incentive. He says the end of days is at hand. It's at hand. Um, when, when I talk about being at hand here, it means close or imminent. Um, it's approaching, or it's ready to be revealed, it's bursting forth, or it's breaking out. Um, uh, in the next few years, we will see dramatic changes in our world, in our country. Uh, the end of the world system as we know it, and our way of life as we know it, is at hand. Um, everything that can be shaken is about to be shaken. The Lord is going to disturb the world, and He's going to disturb um, our comfort zones. Um, the question is, is how do we prepare for this? And then number two, how do we navigate it? Um, this present world order, like we said, is coming to an end and will do so with a mighty roar. Um, t- turn with me to Matthew 3. We're going to look through a number of verses here really quickly through the last part of what we're going to cover. And I want you to stay with me if you could. Um, just hang with me for another 10-15 minutes. Um, and I want to talk this through. Matthew chapter 3, verse 2. Someone read that. Okay, and then chapter 4, verse 17. So this word at hand is um, from both these situations. It's, it's like here. It's like upon us. It's, it's, it's near. It's really close. It's like coming to fruition. Okay. Um, and all things that are contrary to the will of God, evil, um, and godless, uh, evil and godless will come to an end, and the only thing that will be left standing will be the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Turn with me to Daniel chapter 2. Don't have time to go into the details here, um, but I do want to make mention of a couple points. Daniel chapter 2. If you remember, this was the, uh, the, the uh, King Nebuchadnezzar's uh, dream. Uh, they had the kingdoms of this world. Um, they had the... Um, the silver, the gold, the, the bronze, the um, iron, 
And if you look at verse uh, um, 35, he says, um, Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, and the silver, this was, um, again, you know, if you remember, um, speaking of, uh, of, of Greece, uh, Medo-Persian Empire, Babylon, and Rome. Um, and so the iron uh, uh, and the gold were crushed all the same, all at the same time. And they became like a chaff from the th- summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them was found. But the stone that struck the statue became a, quote, great mountain and filled the whole earth. Um, go to uh, verse 44. And in those days, in, in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed. And that kingdom will not be left for another people. It will crush and put an end to all these kingdoms. But it will itself endure forever. It crushes the iron and the bronze and the clay. I mean, these are lang- this, the, the language that's used here is, is, by, is, is, is not for no reason. It, it means that this is going to have a, this is a, a crushing, utter obliteration, utter, you know, you know just completely shred it to pieces um, is, is how this is going to happen. Turn to Daniel 7. Daniel 7 is, is, the, is the Daniel's dream about the four beasts, if you remember. And again, it's the same four beasts. It's Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Rome. And, and, and it comes to the end here. And it says, um, verse 11, Then I kept looking, because the sound of the boastful words which the horn was speaking, uh, and I kept looking until the beast was slain. This is the Antichrist. And its body was destroyed and given to the burning fire. But as for the rest of the beasts, their dominion, their kingdoms, was taken away. But an extension of life was given to them for an appointed period of time. And I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man, was coming, and he was presented. The, he came before the Ancient of Days, and was presented before him. And to Christ, the Son of Man, was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all the peoples, all the nations, men of every language might serve him. And his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom which will not pass away and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed verse 18 but the saints of the highest one will receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever for all ages to come verse 22 the horn was 21 the horn was raging war with the saints and overpowering them verse 22 until the ancient of days came and judgment was passed in favor of the saints of the highest one and the time arrived when the saints quote took possession of the kingdom verse 25 and he will speak out against the most high he will wear down the saints of the highest one he will intend to make alterations in times in law and they will be given into his hands for a time times and half a time that's three and a half years but the court will sit in judgment and his dominion will be taken away it will be annihilated it will be destroyed forever then when that happens, the sovereignty and the dominion and the greatness of all the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be given to the people of the saints of the highest one. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom and all kingdoms and all dominions will serve and obey Him. Amen, amen and amen and amen. Um, t- turn with me to um, Revelation chapter uh, 19. Revelation chapter 19. Verses 1 through 6. And after these things I heard, as it were, a loud voice from a great multitude in heaven saying, Hallelujah! Salvation belongs to our God. Glory and honor and power belong to our God because His judgments are true and righteous. For He has judged the great harlot, this great harlot, 
um, who was during the tribulation period, who was corrupting the earth because of her immorality. And he has avenged the blood of his bondservants. Those are the ones that David talked, Dave talked about also last week, the martyrs, um, on her. And a second time they said, Hallelujah, her smoke rises up forever and ever. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God who sits on the throne saying, Hallelujah, Amen. And a voice came from the throne saying, Give praise to our God, all you his bondservants, all you who fear him, the, ga- the, the small and the great. And I heard as it were the sound of vo- a voice of great multitudes and the sounds of many waters and the sounds of mighty peals of thunder saying, Here it goes. Hallelujah. For the Lord our God, the Almighty One, reigns. The idea is, has begun to reign forever and ever. Amen. Well, if these things are true, how then should we live? How then should we live? It's not a time, if this is at hand, it's not a time to be fearful, but a time to greatly rejoice. Um, I, I, don't turn there, but in Luke chapter 21, 28, let me just read it for you because I thought it was so powerful for me. Um, Luke 21:28 says, "When you see these things begin to take place, is that not today? When you see these things begin to take place, not in process, not finishing up, but when you see these things begin to take place, he says, "Straighten up, lift up your heads. Why? Because your redemption's drawing near. Amen. Amen and amen. Does that say that, that what I'm being called to is hard? Yes. Does that say what we're going to be called to is, is difficult? Yes. Does that say that um, what we as a church are going to navigate in the future is going to be hard and difficult? Probably. Okay. But when you see these things happen, straighten your back. Lift up your head. Why? Because your redemption is drawing near. Amen. Amen. Well, let's talk about how we should then prepare for this. Practical steps for preparation. Hang with me here. First, I'm going to give you five things to do. Five things to do with some sub-bullets. Okay, Five things to do. First of all, understand what the Scriptures say and what they don't say. If you remember from, from uh, uh, Dave's uh, part in 1 Peter, it says the, 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 um, the prophets of old did what? They searched the Scriptures diligently to see, it, see about these things. To understand them. To make sure they, they were clear about them. I think that's the same thing we need to do. Understand the scriptures, what they say. Second, understand the times in which we are living. We've talked a lot about this before. Um, don't let these things take you by, by surprise. Um, search them out. Know them. Uh, interpret what you see as, as what's happening. Okay. Three, realize that God is sovereign and Lord of all. He's sovereign and He's Lord of all. I want to hit a couple of these here. Turn to Isaiah 46. Isaiah 46, verses 9 and 10. Would somebody read that for us out loud? 46, 9 and 10. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declare not yet done. My counsel shall stand. Perfect. Go to chapter 40, verse 18. Isaiah 40, verse 18. And then verses 21 through 26. Let me read this for us here. 40:18. To whom will you then liken our God? And what likeness will you compare with Him? 
21. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been declared to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth that it is God who sits at the vault of the earth? It's it, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. He is the one who reduces rulers to nothing. He is the one that makes his judges of the earth meaningless or void. Scarcely have they been planted. Scarcely have they been sown. Scarcely has their stock taken root in the earth. But he merely blows on them and they wither. And the storm carries them away like stubble. To whom will, will you liken me? That I should be as equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high. See the stars that have been, uh, who's created these. The one who leads them forth by host and by number. Their host by number. He calls them by name because of his power and his might and the strength of his power. Not one of them is missing. Psalm 33 verses 10 through 12 says, Psalm 33, 10 through 12 says, the Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of His heart stand from generation to generation. Blessed be God. Realize that God is sovereign and He is Lord of all. The fourth one is assess our hearts. So I'm going to give you two more major bullets. One is assess our hearts. Okay? And begin to put them in order. And number two is going to be assess our houses or our homes. And begin to put those in order. Okay? So first assess our hearts and begin to put them in order. Um, choose which kingdom we are going to serve. Do you remember Joshua when he brought them into the promised land? He says, choose this day whom you will serve. Right? He said, you make the choice. This is a conscientious choice. And they, and they all said, oh, we'll, we'll serve God. He says, then get rid of your idols. You brought them for 40 years now. Okay? Don't be talking to me about like saying yes I'm going to I'm going to serve you and have your have your idols you know in, in, in you know in the closet. He says get rid of the idols. Get rid of the idols. So which kingdom are we going to serve? Me-centered kingdom or God-centered kingdom? It's that simple. It's a lot more complicated after this, but it's that simple and that's why I wanted to start with that. It's like, choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Two choices on the shelf, pleasing God or pleasing self. Two choices on the shelf, pleasing God or pleasing self. It's not in your notes, but you can write it down. It's helped me a lot. Two choices on the shelf, pleasing God or pleasing self. <clears throat> Second point in, in, in uh, preparing my heart is to sanctify Christ as Lord. We talked about this. I won't go into it in detail again. But we talked about, like, have I sanctified Christ as Lord? Have I? Do I live that way every day? Am I, is that my goal? Sanctify Christ as Lord. Three, learn to trust God with all my heart and in all things. All my heart and in all things. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge God. And He will direct my path in the midst of this crisis that will yet come. Next is put on the full armor of God that I may be able to stand. Full armor of God that I may be able to stand. The next is something that uh, Dave talked about a second ago. Um, Seek and live in intimacy with God and imminency. What is imminency? Seek and live 
in intimacy and imminency. What's so talk about the first one? What's intimacy with God? Fullness, relationship, community, communion, uh, fellowship, and imminency. Like now, because the time is short, right? It's imminent. It's like upon us. Have that mindset. Okay. I looked it up. It says about to happen. Yeah. It's like about to happen. Overhanging. It's overhanging. I like that. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Right? That's a really good one. Okay. This is a really important one. Decide upon our conclusions before the fire. When Dave, you were you were teaching uh, Luke, right? One of the most important pivotal points in Luke was what? Yep. Which says what? And it says that he set his face towards. He set his face. I suggest that is our that's our takeaway here. Have, are we setting our face to please God no matter what? Because I'll suggest it was that decision of his heart that, that declared his actions from then on through the cross. Okay? And the last one here I suggest is on this for our hearts is cement heaven as our future home and our living hope. Cement heaven as our future home and our living hope. Cement heaven as our future home and living hope. I'll suggest that I make radically different decisions when I have heaven as the construct of the fabric of why I make those decisions. Let me hit the last ones here real quick. Assess our houses and begin to put them in order. What do I mean by that? I mean, first of all, consecrate our relationships. Consecrate our relationships. Who are you hanging with now? Who are you hanging with? Do they urge you on and exhort you to become more like Christ or more like this world? Who are you close with? Who is speaking into your soul? Do you allow others to speak into your soul? I'll suggest our relationships when we meet the fire are one of the most important things in our lives because they come around and help us think rightly about God and who He is and ourselves and who we're not. Next is pursue living with peace with all men. Where are your relationships broken? You remember the, remember the passage that Dave talked about? How, like, if those relationships are broken with unbelievers or anybody else, what will they do? They'll slander us. They'll slander us. Nothing should be sticking to our, to, to, to our lives from the standpoint of, of being above reproach. That will stick to our life. Move towards becoming debt-free. I won't read the verse, Proverbs 22, 7. Um, well, you know what? This is an important one. Let me just read it real quick. Proverbs 22.7. I think it's got a lot to say here. Proverbs 22.7 says, The rich rules over the poor, the borrower, but the borrower becomes the lender's slave. So as we enter into this time, we will have hooks and um, strings into our lives controlled by other people who may not be believers if we are up to our eyeballs in debt. Get out of debt. Figure out how to move that direction. And the last one I think is the most, one of the most important ones, which is seek and live in community. Seek and live in community. I, I, what I know about the early church was that they longed for community. What I know about those people who are overseas in this world at this time, who are, who, who are in China or whether they're in Korea, North Korea, or whether they're in India, or whether they're in Africa, or whether they're in Egypt, or whether they're wherever they're at, 
as a believer, let me tell you, they long for community. They long to be in the fellowship of the redeemed. They long to have the, the power of the fellowship of the Spirit of God amongst the people that they touch and, and commune with. And they long to worship together. I'll suggest this is going to become one of the more important things. So my question to us today is like, who are you in community with? And I don't necessarily mean community groups, although I do. <laughs> I don't think that this is for no reason that, that God is positioning community groups in our church for, for the future. I really do. Um, I don't think it's for no reason. Um, so, lots of things to digest. I handed out to you two things. Go through them on your own. One is the whole debt thing. It gives you a perspective of how to read like how big $122.5 trillion of unfunded debt is in our lives. Like, really? Like, we'll never get there. That's Yeah, you're right. In fact, I think it's a, it's a, it's, it's a conscientious decision by some people with larger pay grades than I to accomplish what we said today is going to get accomplished. Okay, Point number one. Point number two is the other one. I spent a lot of time. We went through this in like the third or fourth week of our study, but I've updated all the slides for you for current day on all the things in that package about what's happening in our world today. Um, go through, read them. We can talk about them next week if you have questions or whatever. Dave, would you close us in prayer? Father, we, uh, Lord, I guess, uh, all, uh, by this opening words of this passage and the end of it brings us to focus of fullness of completion. Recognize the times different for them. Same words that those readers have heard. Fullness of recognition, sovereignty. Our hearts would be best visually in what is that that distracts us from clarity of that focus of Christ and the practical aspect of that living it out in our lives uh, with messages that we is giving to how do we live life amid suffering and circumstance. Father, we just thank you for uh, your word that just lays hold on that and even all for our church to continue to build on word and basis for our understanding more than that. And we would not cause us to uh, driven by our own emotions, but founded on the... Thank you for... Uh, this time of sharing in your word and the fellowship and just pray, as always, that for us and glorified through our time of worship today corporately and word as uh, praise to you for this time. So, beloved, lift, straighten your backs, lift up your head, for your redemption draws nigh. Have a great day.